morning and welcome to worship. We're so glad that you've joined us. We want to invite you to worship however you need to this morning. If you want to stand, if you want to lift your hands, if you want to stay seated, that's totally fine. We just want you to lift up the name of Jesus with us today and worship him for who he is and all that he's done. Let's lift our voices together. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy song again whatever may pass and whatever lies before me let me be singing when the evening comes bless the Lord oh my soul Oh 
south hope that you all are all doing well this morning we're excited that we have the opportunity even during this time of not being able to be in the church to be worshiping and praising our god even through through the online services as a pastor team we're looking forward to the opportunity that we have to be back together and to worship as a church family but we are excited that we have this opportunity to worship together with you in your home this morning. I want to take just a minute to share with you a few things this morning for you to be aware of. One is we're excited about a new one-call system that we're getting started. You can go to our website, which is www.southchurch.us, and at the bottom of the homepage, you can sign up for this to be a part of this system. We're excited about this because it gives us the opportunity to share with you about cancellations, about urgent matters that may come up that we can make you aware of. This link is also found on our Facebook page as well if you want to go to it. But we're hoping to have this up and going within the next week. Another thing that we want to make you aware of uh, is about our prayer email. You can find this at prayer at southchurch.us. And what this is, is if you will go to that website, you can let us know about any prayer concerns or things that we need to know about or ways that we can help you. And so please, please go to that website and let us know how we can be praying for you and helping you. Also along the lines of prayer, I want to make you aware of a prayer commitment sign-up opportunity that we have available. This is found on our uh, website, but it gives you the opportunity to sign up for a specific time that you can be praying for our church, for our community, for our state, for our nation, you know, as we go through these difficult times that we're in right now. And so I want to encourage you to go to that. There's also a link found on our Facebook page to that as well. The last thing I want to share with you about is about maybe you're looking for a way to be able to give today. We want to encourage you to use our online giving that we have available uh, through a tab on our website page. You just go to that tab on our website and it'll lead you right to where you can can, uh, give this morning. We're excited about this morning, looking forward to how God is going to speak to us this morning. And so if you would, before we go into a time of worship, I want to ask if you would, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer this morning. Father God, we just thank you this morning, God, God, just for who you are. God, we thank you for how amazing you are, how much you love us, how much you care for us. And Father God, we just come this morning, Lord, just praying that you would surround each house, surround, Lord, each place, wherever we may be, God, with your presence. Lord, let us feel you there with us this morning. God, Lord, help us to, uh, Lord, as we sing these songs to you this morning, Lord, as we hear your words spoke this morning, God, that we would 
Lord, just allow you to, to penetrate our hearts, Lord. We would allow you, Lord, just to speak to uh, each and every one of us this morning. God, be with Pastor Cole and Pastor Ron as they lead us this morning. And God, we just give up this time to you this morning. God, we love you and we praise you. In your name I pray. Amen. Let's proclaim this morning the truth of God's word that his promises never fail. He's faithful through it all.
morning South Church. I hope that you've had a blessed week um, and that you have been well as we live in this uh, very interesting time in our lives. Uh, I hope that during this time we are praying for one another and supporting each other. Uh, I am reminded of two very strong things this week um, as I preach this sermon from my home office to you this morning. Uh, first is um, uh, the church is not a building. The church is a people. We have a building where we gather, and we need to remember that we are the church no matter where we are, home, work, school, um, 
grocery store, wherever we are, we are the church. Maybe we're the church six feet away from everybody, but we're still the church no matter where we go. But having said that, I'm also marked by the truth um, that uh, we are uh, part of a body that is meant to come together, and I miss our time of coming together. Uh, I pray uh, that when the first opportunity that we have to come together, that we're going to fill up the church house, that we're going to invite our friends and family, and we're going to mark the calendar and make sure that we're there, and it's going to be a celebration time, a time of coming together as the body of Christ. Uh, our life group had a... Um, had, our connect group had a meeting this past Wednesday night on FaceTime and and we were talking and Julie Hessen said that she misses our singing together as the praise team leads us. I, I miss that too. Uh, God is in control and he's got this so let's pray that God would uh, would get us through this as quickly as possible and that people would be safe and well. Uh, let's before we look at the scripture would you pray with me? Father, we ask that you would uh, unite us together, that you would help us to love one another, and in a very disconnected time, we would work more diligently to be connected to one another. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I love preaching verse by verse. Uh, I love preaching following one of our other pastors, because you get to refer uh, back to what they said. We're going to do that today. We're going to refer back to what Pastor Andy said. Uh, we get to look forward to what's coming in in the coming weeks uh, and how it applies to what we're talking about today. Uh, but more than anything, when you preach verse by verse, you have to deal with the topics. And while the Bible is God's love letter to us and it encourages us and it lifts us up, sometimes it slaps us upside the face and says you need to do things better. It, it is a wake-up call to righteous and holy living. And we're going to see a little bit of that uh, in the Scripture today. So, uh, my notes are right here, so I'm going to keep referring down to them. So let's begin with uh, Romans uh, chapter 6 and verse 1. Romans 6, 1. What shall we say then, Paul says, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? A really good question. Paul always offers these really good questions to make the point that he's trying to make. Uh, but to understand this question, should we continue to sin that grace may abound, we first have to look back to the passage that Pastor Andy preached last Sunday. Chapter 5, just a few verses before, and verse 20. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, and I've lost my place, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Now David Guzik writes that the law does not um, cause men to sin. It's not the reason we sin. Rather, the law is what identifies us as sinners. It shows us uh, who we really are, our true character, our true nature. Um, it, it, it's like at night, Sheila had been seeing in the field across uh, from our street in our front yard, had been seeing a, uh, a number of little eyes shining uh, from the light off of our front porch light. And she wanted to know what those were. So she bought a really strong flashlight. And one night last week, we went out and she turned the flashlight on and where those little eyes were showing. And what do you know? But there were a number of deer that were gathering there and they were eating uh, in the old cornfield. Uh, the light identified the deer that were already, they're already deer, whether we knew it or not. The light identified those deer. The law came in to show us that we are transgressors of God's character. Now, the question when you get into the law is how deeply do we go into it? And when we started this journey in Romans 1 uh, so many months ago, 
uh, we got more deeply into the law, but I can't go into that today as, as well, as, as deeply. But suffice it to say that the law was vital to Paul's understanding. The law was vital to the understanding of the first century church. Uh, if there had not been the law, there would not have been grace. Grace came because of the law. So Paul says, where sin is identified, grace increases to even greater lengths. Um, Steve Green used to sing a song, and I guess he still sings it. It's called Calvary's Love. And there's a line in that song that says, Our deepest sin can't rise above Calvary's love. What he's saying in that song is that no matter what you've done, no matter how deeply you've sinned and transgressed the laws of God, it cannot outdo the grace that God gives. So back to the question in chapter 6. Should we sin so that grace would abound all the more? And if you've read ahead to, chapter, uh, to verse 2, you already know the answer to that. Uh, but here's the issue. We know that God hates sin. We know He does. He hates sin. But we have to ask ourselves, do we allow those sins, and this is typically what's going on in our minds and in our hearts, attitudes, thoughts. This is not those things that are happening that we do outwardly as much. None of us are knocking off, you know, Citizens Trust Bank or anything. This, these are things that are inward. Do we live in such a way that we believe that God is going to look the other way from those sins. That because God is grace, He's going to understand and look the other way. Well, again, if you've read verse 2, you already know the answer to that. But the answer is really found as much in verse 1 as it is in verse 2. Look what he says again. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin? Now, we answer this by answering it this way. Are we continually in sin? Are we willing to stay in our sin? Now, this is not a one-time event, a one-time moment of anger, one-time moment of lust, a one-time moment of greed. This is not what this is. This means to continually and habitually remain in those sins um, that we give ourselves to. So here is where we need a deep, deep, Heart examination uh, of who we are. Do you and I have areas of our life, of our heart and our mind, things in our life where we continually fall short of the glory of God? Well, the answer is yes, of course we do. All of us do those things. And what we want to say is, well, I'm just human. You know, God understands. I'm human. I've got the human nature. And but the problem with that is that's a crutch. It's, 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 a, it's, it's uh, an escape. It, it doesn't point us to the reality of the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit that He is able to overcome all that we are, even our sinful nature, if we yield to Him. But the question is, why? Why do we do this? Why are we willing to continually live in those little pet sins that we have, is it because we believe that God in His grace will look the other way? Is it because we believe that God is love and because He's love, He's going to just He's just going to look the other way? Look at what Paul says in verse 2. He says, by no means. <laughs> no! 
How can we who died to sin still live in it? Now, this is a strong language. He says, absolutely not. There is no way that you and I as Christians can continually live in sin because that continual habitual sin is contrary to the call for holy living that we find throughout the Scriptures in the Bible, that we find time after time that we are called to holy living. So we have this great question in verse 2. How can you and I who have died to sin continually live in it? Again, not a one-time perfect, not perfection. Uh, this is not a one-time event. This is to live in it, to dwell in it. Well, there is a key phrase there that you need to underline if you underline in your Bible. And it's the three words, died to sin. That is key to understanding this passage. It is absolutely vital to understand this passage. Those who have died to sin. Do we as believers, do you as a follower of Christ, grasp the depth of the meaning when we say that our baptism is first unto death? Now, we don't talk about this as much as we talk about other parts of baptism. But the baptismal waters are a picture of the grave. When we, bury, when we baptize somebody into the water, we picture them dying to self, going to the grave. And when we bring them out of the water, it's a picture of them rising uh, to new life. But first, baptism is unto death. Look in verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Baptism is first unto death. We are buried with him by baptism. Now we talk about how baptism is this new life. It's a picture of the new life we have in Christ. And yes, absolutely, absolutely true. Somebody in your living room this morning say praise the Lord. Say thank Jesus for our new life. That's absolutely what it is. But it is first a picture of the death we die in Christ Jesus because that new life that we receive begins first by dying dying to self and dying to sin you know I, I've heard many uh, Christians say or many people say about Christianity over the years Christianity is for the weak it's for the weak minded it's for people who are not strong and the strong people uh, they don't need Christianity I have to tell you, my faith experience is far different than that. Real faith, real life-changing faith is one of the most difficult things. To yield the old man to the Spirit uh, is one of the most difficult things that uh, any one of us can do. I love that phrase there in verse 3. He says, do you not know? Do you not understand? Do you not get what's going on? And Christian, I would ask you and I the same thing this morning. Do we not grasp the truth? that our spiritual life begins with us dying? You know, sadly, I think far too often the answer is no. Adrian Rogers said before his death, he believes we have a generation of people who've experienced God, but they don't know God. Who've experienced the goodness and they've tasted of God, but they have never come to know Him because they have never died to self in repentance of sin and confession of sin. Death is required for life. And we're going to see that here in a moment. It's, it's spiritually true that death is what is required for life. But I get this. 
I, I completely understand. No church has a slogan. They don't put it on their sign or uh, out in the front yard of their church. It says, hey, come die with us today. Uh, that's not something that sells very well. I get it. Maybe, hey, come live this new life with us today. But still, death is required because death brings life. Those little sins that you and I put up with, those little things that hinder us, that make our Christianity just a little more difficult, those things must be put to death. In a few verses, in a, a couple of weeks from now, uh, we're going to see where Paul says we have been crucified with Christ. Those things must be put to death. And I don't want to major on, on, on the death part, but it is vitally important to understand that we have been baptized into his death in order that we might walk in the newness of life. And, and I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, Paul explains us just exactly that in verse 4. Read with me if you would. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Our spiritual life begins with and is dependent upon two vital truths. First, our spiritual life begins with and is dependent upon the truth that Jesus died. He was born, he lived, and that he died. That he was a real man, that it's not a fairy tale, that it's not a children's story, that Jesus literally died upon the cross. And secondly, our faith is uh, begins with and is dependent upon the truth that Jesus rose again. That he died and that he was buried, and then on the third day he rose to a new life. Now listen to me. If this is not true, said it a thousand times, if this is not true, our faith is worthless. It's a fairy tale. Let's do something else every Sunday morning than this. But if it is true that Jesus lived and Jesus died and Jesus rose again, then it requires everything that we are. Two extremes. Not a whole lot of gray area here. If this story is real, it requires our total commitment of life. So we die to sin. That is the water. We are raised into new life from that death. If you want a really cool passage to read, read Colossians. It talks about how Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. Such a cool passage to understand what it means that there will be a bodily resurrection and that we are going to rise again to a new, a new life. But it also means that we can experience that life right here and right now. You see, our faith journey is applying this truth each day that we are dead to sin on one side and we're alive to Jesus on the other. We're dead to sin and we are alive to Jesus. It is applying that truth of putting to death the things of the flesh and living in the newness that Jesus gives. Now listen to me. Every one of us gets this. Those little pet sins that we hold on to, why do we do it? Do we believe for one moment that that sin that hinders us, that robs us of joy and peace, will bring greater benefit, fruit, uh, uh, blessings to us than walking in the newness of life that Jesus gives us? Do we believe for a moment that those little things that hinder us and hinder our faith and make it harder to walk as Christ wants us to, do we believe for a moment that those things are better for us than the newness of life? Well, the answer is absolutely no. None of us believe that. And yet far too often we continue in those things. We use the crutch that we're only human. But again, that puts aside the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Paul said that we have been buried unto death in the death of Jesus, that we might rise again and walk in newness of life. That, if you're a believer, is your spiritual position in Christ. You have been made new for eternity. And if eternity was all there was, praise Jesus. Somebody turn to each other in your, in your living room this morning and say, I'm thankful for heaven. Amen. Absolutely. But that's not all there is. This newness of life applies to how we live, how we think, how we interact with one another in our world today. It applies to the joy and the peace that we can have in Christ Jesus. But to gain that newness, to experience the benefits of that newness of life means that these former things, I love that phrase that Paul uses in the King James Bible, these former things must be dead and dying. And it's an everyday battle. Another passage, read Ephesians 6, the armor, the battle armor of Christ. We are to put that battle armor on every day knowing that we are in a spiritual battle to put to death the things of the former self. And we've got all the equipment God that we need to win. We've got His Holy Spirit. We've got the sword of the Lord. And we've got the victory that is in Jesus. So, South Church, should we continue to sin that grace may abound? Absolutely not. But it is either that or the prescription that God gives us. We must live the crucified life. We must be dead and dying to the former self. And that's every day. But the more you do it, the better you get at it. The more you live in the experiences of God, the more you want the experiences of God. And when your spiritual senses are awakened and, and, and heightened to new levels, the desire for the things of Christ grow deeper and deeper. And you look at this question that Paul says in verse 1, he goes, of course not. Why in the world would I trade the riches of Christ for the petty sins of this world? I will put them to death by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that's what each of us will commit to do each day, this week and every week. That we would be dead to sin and yet alive to Christ. I pray that you would have a marvelous and wonderful spirit-filled week this week. Father, I pray your anointing upon our church family, upon our community. I, I pray that you would keep us safe and well. We pray that you would remove the scourge from our land. In the name of Jesus, we pray this powerfully. But Father, remind us that who, uh, remind us of who we are in Christ and who we have in dwelling us as believers. It's your Holy Spirit. And may we live unto the newness of life found only in Jesus. Amen. Have a great week. I love you guys, and I pray God's richest blessing upon you. As we end our time of worship this morning, let's remember to place our trust and our hope in Jesus and Jesus alone as we go throughout our weeks in all that we may face. Let's remember that He's the rock that we can stand on. Let's sing this chorus out one more time this morning as our testament of our faith. I place my trust
service we had this morning we want to take an opportunity again to remind you to go to our to prayer at southchurch.us and please let us know of any prayer concerns anything that we can do a need that you would have whatever it may be let us know how we can help you and how we can serve you this week if you would let's close as we close this service just go to the lord and word of prayer with me this morning father god lord we just uh, come this morning lord just thanking you for the opportunity to worship and to praise you this morning father god lord what a great service we've had lord what a wonderful time it was lord just to hear your word spoke this morning and lord we pray that god as we go through this next week lord wherever we may be god we pray that lord we make a difference for you lord whether it's making a phone call whether it's um sending a card lord whatever it may be god that we're making a difference for you this week and God, we just again thank you for the opportunities that we have, Lord, to, to serve you, to love you, and God, to praise you. God, we just say thank you. Lord, we ask all these things in your wonderful name. Amen. Have a good afternoon, South, and we look forward to seeing you again next week.